If you are new here, I want to welcome you and say Merry Christmas. My name is uh, John, and I am blessed to serve as the pastor here and uh, just thankful for our worship team who led us into the presence of God. And I'm thankful that uh, it's God honoring today. I'm going to invite you to turn to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter number 2. And as we um, get started this morning, I want to just kind of maybe catch you up as we, this is week three of our Advent series. And uh, also as Stephanie uh, mentioned, that you would uh, begin, if you haven't already, inviting people to the Christmas Eve service. This is, if, if I'm going to be really honest with you, it's my second favorite worship service of the year, okay? My first, my favorite is Good Friday service, all right, because it just focuses on, on the cross. But my second favorite, probably because we have milk and cookies at 4.30, is the Christmas Eve service. And then I know that my tradition for our family, as soon as that service is over, I'm going to be eating some tamales, all right? Can I get an amen for some tamales? All right, milk, cookies, and tamales to follow, but uh, I can't promise you're having that. I just know I'm having that, all right? And then as she mentioned, uh, for Christmas Day, our worship team and media team has done a great job. There's a great service that's already ready for you to watch. Again, our goal was that you have an opportunity maybe to share with some friends and family that wouldn't enter a church building. And maybe you can watch that. And that's why we have four different scheduled times that you can jump in. Some people from church will be watching from their home. You can talk back and forth as you always do, usually in the pew. And then um, maybe you don't have family. So I will, and my wife will be in the chapel. We'll sing the Christmas carols together. If you want to be with us, that's great at 930 in the chapel. Um, but Advent really just simply means arrival, right? So Jesus, we celebrate his arrival. That's all Advent really means. We celebrate the arrival. But as we just sang about, we are living between two Advents as followers of Jesus, what we see in the scripture. We, we look back and we celebrate the first Advent, the coming of Jesus. But as followers of Jesus, we anticipate the second coming of Jesus. And that's what it said. That verse, that, that um, song was really from Philippians chapter 2. That one day every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Everyone will bow and worship him. So why wait? Isn't that what we're here to do today? To worship, to celebrate the first coming of Christ, but then to anticipate the second coming of Christ. And so really the candles here just speak to Advent, right? So we speak of hope. We talked about the first week, which is the prophet's candle, one of the purple candles. And so just for quick review, right? We gave you three things as followers of Jesus, why we can have hope even when sometimes it seems hopeless. Because as a follower of Jesus, again, our past is forgiven, our future is secure, and our present is at peace. Which led us to week number two, the second candle, peace. We understand that even as we looked at the life of Mary, that even when her life wasn't peaceful, she could have peace. And remember the statement we made. You can have the peace of God if you are peace with God. And the only way that you can have peace with God is to enter relationship with God through 
Jesus. And that's why it's so important that Jesus came to the earth. He became flesh and he dwelt among us. We also said as Mary in the midst of her trouble that she could have peace when life wasn't peaceful because of the presence and the power and the promises of God. So for us, as we live between the two advents, we can have peace because God's presence is with us, because the Spirit of God empowers us, but also because the promises of God that there is a second advent we anticipate. Are you looking forward to the second advent? I hope you, I hope you are. So today, we are going to be looking at the shepherd's candle, which is why we're going to be in Luke chapter number two. And I've asked Kaylin Campos if she would come up. She's got one fan, her, gra- her, her grandmother, and Kaylin's going to read for us. Now, I want you to know of how of a gracious person I am. Would you, do you guys think I'm pretty gracious? Just a great guy. If you remember when it was Pastor Appreciation Day, do you remember what Kaylin said about me? Say it again. Old. She said, I'm old. <laughs> Is she wrong? <laughs> I guess you're not wrong. It depends, all right? So, Kaylin is going to read for us the shepherd's candle of joy. Thank you, Kaylin. The things we get for Christmas will not last as long as the things we get from Christmas. We will finish our Christmas treats, get bored with our Christmas toys, and grow out of our Christmas clothes. But the things we get from Christ this Christmas and always hope, peace, joy, and love will go with us all our life. Luke 2, 8 through 11. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keep keeping watching over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. And then then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all the people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. A candle is burning, a candle of joy. A warm glow to welcome brave Mary's new boy. A new life now being unfurled. God's promise of joy to an an, an expectant world. Very good. Great job, Kaylin. Very good. Even if you call me old, you did a great job reading today. Thank you very much, Kaylin. Now, as we think about joy, the reality is in life isn't always joyful is it and we have to understand there's a difference between happiness and joy because that we can have joy I'm not even asking the question this week I'm just making the statement right we've asked a question every week can we have hope when life is hopeless can we have peace when life is not peaceful can we have joy when life you fill in however you want to describe it the answer is yes we can Because we have to differentiate between happiness and joy because happiness is based on our happenings. Our circumstances dictate whether I'm happy or not. But joy is much deeper than that, much more involved than that. But the world wants to offer us a counterfeit joy or a substitute joy. You know, Satan is known as the counterfeiter, right? So he wants to counterfeit anything that Jesus wants to do in our life. Jesus wants to give us joy. 
Satan wants to counterfeit that. And I think there's three words that we would all understand of ways that we in our culture, in our context, we often substitute real joy for these three things. The first one is this, material joy. Or maybe you might say monetary joy. If I could get more money or more stuff, then I'd be happy. How many of you, no, I'm not even gonna ask. Do you realize last year, 2021, United States of America, you know how much we spent on gifts for Christmas? $886.7 billion with a B dollars. And y'all didn't buy me nothing. <laughs> now you did. I'm just kidding. Stuff, more stuff. Here's, here's a newsflash. You can't buy joy. Material joy, number two, is manufactured joy. You know the statement, fake it till you make it? Unfortunately, that seems to be a, a Christmas culture. Like everything's great and smile and look pretty and got my flannel on. Life's good. Not only is it a Christmas culture, I think sometimes, sadly, it's, it's a church culture. Just put on a smile, walk through the door. How you doing today? Oh, great. No, I'm not so great. Can I just pause for a moment in the service and say, at Hallmark, we want you to know this. It's okay to not be okay. Because we're all messed up. We all got a little crazy in us, right? We all got a crazy uncle, right? If you don't know who he is, it's you. Okay? You, you might be that person. But, but listen, that's why every Sunday morning we have connect groups that meet before and after church is because we want you to live in community. We want you to live transparent lives. Like, I'm hurting, I'm struggling. Will you pray for me? We don't want to fake it till we make it. That's why on Wednesday nights we'll have small groups, D groups that meet in our coffee area that just share struggles and share scripture and pray for one another. That's why on Wednesday night at 630 in our chapel Nathan leads us through a short Bible study and then we break up into groups and we pray for one another and we share prayer requests. That's why at Wednesday night at 630 we have a regen ministry that meets right in here that meets in gender specific groups and they just share their hurts and their heartaches and their hangups. Because we don't want you to fake it till you make it. We don't want to live a life of manufactured joy. The third one is momentary joy. We're like we're living for the moment. If I can just graduate high school, then I'll be happy. If I can just graduate college, then I'll be happy. If I can just pay off my student loans, then I'll be happy. If I can just find the one and get married, then I'll be happy. And if we can have kids, then I'll be happy. And if these kids will get out of the house, then I'll be happy. That's where I'm at. That's not really a bad place, honestly. <laughs> You've heard of the January blues? It's a real thing because we pack so much of our joy around the season of those three things, really. I mean, we do this all year, but it's heightened at Christmas. If we can just have the perfect Christmas setting and a family dinner, then... I'll be joyful. And then January 2nd hits. 
And where'd the joy go? So today I want to talk about miraculous joy. Luke chapter number two. I want to read the first 20 verses, all right? Luke chapter two. When it came to pass in those days, this is verse one, that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. The census was first taken place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he is of the house and the lineage of David. He was there to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. She brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in the manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone round them and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. There is born to you this day in the city of David, a savior. Let me repeat that. There is born to you this day in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God on the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see the thing that, I, that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. They came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the things which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and she pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. So how can we have miraculous joy? You, you see, the shepherds, I think we can, there's four lessons from this. I just want to point out quickly for you this morning. And before we get into the actual outline, can I just say this? The Christmas story really is about God bringing sinners into his life of joy. The reality is God did not create us because he needed fellowship. God did not create us so he could have joy. God created us so that we could enjoy fellowship with him and we could enjoy his joy. You see the difference? God is self-sufficient. He lives in perfect unity with perfect joy and perfect love and perfect peace with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now, I know it's a nice thing to say, but when someone passes and, you, oh, God needed another angel in heaven. God doesn't need anything. God didn't need you so he could have joy or have fellowship or have unity. He already had that. He created us. He created you, though, so that you can enjoy fellowship with him and you could enjoy his joy. And that's how it can be lasting and miraculous because it's not of us. It's of him. And so we look at the story of the shepherds. Number one, joy is for all people. 
Thank goodness it's for all people. Verse 8. Now they were in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to some people. Is that what it says? What does it say? To all people. And what does all mean? Yeah, all. But even before that, the fact that this story, the angels, Gabriel came to the shepherds. It, there's, there's a deeper understanding here because the shepherds were, well, let's just say they were those people. Whoever those people are to you. They were the outcast. They couldn't even worship at the temple because they were unclean. Theologians would tell us that shepherds could not even be witnesses in court because they were those people. They weren't honest. They weren't trustworthy. And yet, the angel of the Lord appears to those people. That's good news for me. Because what it says to me is I don't have to clean myself up to get to God. God comes to me. God came to me. That's what Romans 8 says. God demonstrated his love toward me that even while I was a sinner, while I was those people, Christ died for me. It's good news for all of us. You could be the worst of the worst. God still loves you. Jesus still came for you. Because joy is available to all people. Aren't you glad for that? Number two, Jesus is found, or excuse me, joy is found in Jesus. Joy is found in Jesus. So they said, verse 10, the angel says, this is going to bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. And then verse 11, where's this joy coming from? For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Joy is not found in our circumstances. It's not found in the monetary, momentary things. It's found in a person. Joy is Jesus. We, we used this last year. I'm going to use it again. So you can spell it out, right? N O. Jesus, N-O, joy. K-N-O-W, Jesus. K-N-O-W, joy. In other words, this world and the things of this world will never bring you joy. It might bring you happiness for a season, but only Jesus can bring you joy. Not, not only is joy found in Jesus, joy is only found in Jesus. Listen to this statement. Joy is both a gift of God as well a response to the gifts of God. Joy comes when we are aware of God's grace and relish his favor. Joy is for all people. Number two, joy is found in Jesus. Number three, joy creates witnesses. Joy creates witnesses. What do I mean by that? Look, look in your text, Luke 2, verse 15. 
So it was when the angels had gone away from them in the heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see the things that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. They came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now, when they had seen him, who's the him it's talking about? When they seen Jesus, when they experienced joy, when they found the Savior, Christ the Lord, what did it lead them to do? They made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. What was the saying concerning this child that they were told? We just read it. Savior, Christ, the Lord. You see, when we experience the joy of Jesus, we will be led to share the joy of Jesus. And I wonder if the reason we don't share Jesus is we're not enjoying the joy of Jesus. Because we talk about what we're excited about, don't we? We talk about what we're excited about. We talk about some of the stupidest things. And we spend so much time on the dumbest things. I spend some stupid emotions on stupid things, right? I don't know how many times I can say stupid. I just keep saying it. My mom's giving me a dirty look, so I'm not even looking at her right now. I know. Fantasy football. How many of you have wasted some emotions on fantasy football over the years? Be honest, you're in church. Raise your hand, Carlos. Come on. Our student pastor is lying in church. Right, Stefan? Amen. His mother-in-law even said amen. There's unity in the family today. Listen to this statement. If we can convince people that we are onto something that's full of joy, they'll stampede one another to follow us. We say this often. The gospel came to you on the way to someone else. And oftentimes I'm afraid the gospel is stopped with us. Picture this scene for a moment though. The shepherds, the most unlikely witnesses, the angel appears to them, the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were, King James, sore afraid. But they made haste to go to Mary and Joseph and it says when they saw him, when they saw Jesus, they made widely known these things that were told them concerning this child. And I'll be honest with you, most of the time when I read this passage, and maybe every time when I read this passage, I think of the conversations they maybe had on the way to the manger. I think of the conversations that they had when they left the manger. And they were telling everyone, you will not believe what happened today. We were just out watching our sheep by night. And the angel of the Lord came about us. And guess what? We were sore afraid. And he said, fear not, for I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign unto you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloths. And they were telling everyone as they walked by, as they ran and made haste, right? What do you think the conversation was like when they showed up in the manger, though? 
What did they find in the manger? A baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. God's a God of the details. And they showed up. And can you imagine? I've never thought, I'll be honest with you, I've never thought about this before. I always think of the shepherds telling everybody on the hillside, whoever might have been awake at night, or on the way back telling everyone they knew. They had to have had a conversation with Mary and Joseph. Think about this for a moment as they walked up. Joseph, you, are, are you Joseph? You will not believe what just happened to us on the hillside. The angel of the Lord came to us. And he told us we would find Jesus, the Savior, Christ, the Lord, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And, and the angel said, He'd be wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. This is Jesus. And Joseph would have said, Me too. An angel came to me and an angel told me that, that Mary had conceived of the Holy Spirit. I didn't believe him. And then Mary came and told me she had also been visited by an angel and the angel told her. And then she went to Elizabeth's house and Elizabeth confirmed through the power of the Holy Spirit, yes, you're gonna have a baby. You're gonna name him Jesus. He's gonna be a savior of the world. And I think for a moment of these two, most likely two teenagers, teenage parents, Who've told people, hey, we're pure, we're good. It's a miracle baby. It's Jesus, conceived of the Holy Spirit. It's the virgin birth we, we heard about from the Old Testament. The prophets told us, we're them. And I wonder what people said to them. Think about how reassuring it was for Mary and Joseph that night. There was no room in the end. Everything was crazy. And the most uncredible witnesses become the incredible witnesses and confirm to Mary and Joseph this is of God. When we experience the joy of Jesus, we can't help but tell the things that we've heard and seen. It makes me think, in fact, I asked some wisdom whether I could even say this this morning. Yes, that's right. Sometimes I do ask, okay? And part of it, I think maybe I ask because it's, to be honest with you, it's a little bit convicting to me personally. Not as your pastor, just as a person. Just as a follower of Jesus. Maybe this church is not filled with people because the people of this church are not filled with joy. Because when we encounter the joy of Jesus in our life, joy creates witnesses. You realize that there are over 200,000 people that live within five miles of this church. What we read is statistically, only 30% of Americans claim to be born again Christians. 
And that's a claim. That doesn't mean it's accurate, but it's a claim. Based on the people who claim, statistically, that means there's 140,000 people who live within a five-mile radius of this church who are dying and going to hell. They need to hear that Jesus loves them. They need to hear that this world will not offer. But what are these candles that we're lighting? Hope. We, we can't find hope in the world, can we? we? We lit the candle of peace last week. And aren't you thankful that this works this week? <laughs> Thank you, Stefan. And the candle of joy. The, the reality is we cannot have that without... Who? Jesus. And the convicting part for me is I do waste too much emotion on fantasy football. And you do too, whatever fantasy football for you might be. Wow, if I could just enjoy the presence of God. I think it would change my conversations. I think whether my team wins against Violetta's team in the playoffs today <laughs> wouldn't matter, would it? I think Violetta would bench her players just so she would know that I could have joy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> would you do that for me, Violetta? No. Oh. <laughs> Thanks. My staff is so good to me. <laughs> Number four, joy creates worshipers. The shepherds return, verse 20, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen. So it comes down to this. If you're not experiencing the joy of Jesus, there's really only two answers to that. Either you've never received Jesus or you're not walking in fellowship with Jesus. You see, joy is received through relationship. And it's realized through fellowship. That's what Paul wrote about it in Galatians. 5.22 says, the fruit of the Spirit. Interesting that the first three fruits of the Spirit that Paul mentions. Love, joy, peace. Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 11, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. In other words, if I am walking in fellowship with the Lord, he will fill me with the joy of the Lord. The prophet Nehemiah said, the joy of the Lord is my strength. So if you're not experiencing, living in the joy of the Lord. If the joy of the Lord is not your strength, there's really just two options. You've not received the gift of Jesus or you're not walking in fellowship with Jesus. And I would say, I, I listened to, uh, someone sent me an old clip of Adrian Rogers yesterday through TikTok of all things. Hey, I'm so good. <laughs> and Adrian Rogers said, if you're not sharing Jesus with people, 
then you're not walking in fellowship with Jesus. You're in disobedience. I mean, he went on like forever to hammer the point and then just started like, oh, I, don't, I can't listen to that anymore. I don't like being preached at. He quoted from an old theologian, Murray, that said, I'm trying to remember it, that said, there's two types of Christians. Those who share Jesus and those who are backslidden. This is supposed to be an exciting message. We're all like, oh, it got heavy really quick. Have you ever lived in the joy of the Lord? Have you ever experienced the joy of the Lord? Do you want to experience it again? Yes. Spend time with him. Spend time with him. You know, Jesus wants you to experience joy more than you want to experience joy. You know, God wants you to be filled with joy, love, peace, more than you want to be filled with joy, love, and peace. And he proved it because he sent Jesus to die on the cross so it could happen for you. Jesus wants us to walk in joy. He wants us to walk in fellowship. He wants us to walk in unity of the spirit. He wants us to experience the fullness. I came that you may have life and that you have life more abundantly, Jesus said. He wants us to live in the spirit. He wants us to experience all these things and he wants us to share it. So this morning, really our response is pretty simple. If you've never received the gift of Jesus, then you don't have joy. If you want to have joy, open your life to Jesus. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For by grace you are saved. It's through faith. It's a gift of God. It's not of works because we would be boastful. Calling to Jesus. It's very simple. Admit. Admit you're a sinner. Believe Jesus died for you. And confess, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through him. Do you want to receive Jesus today? You can do it right now. I want everybody to close your eyes for a moment. I'm going to lead you through a simple prayer. The prayer is just acknowledging the three things I just mentioned. Admitting you're a sinner. Believing Jesus died for you. Confessing Jesus is Lord. If you want to receive joy in your life right now, you may say something like this, God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I believe that Jesus came and died for me. And I confess Jesus is the way truth and a life. I ask you to forgive me, to save me. If you prayed that prayer, God is now your Lord, your Savior, your Prince of Peace, your hope, your joy, your everlasting Father, wonderful Counselor, mighty God. For the rest of us, are you walking in fellowship? 
Are you placing your joy on the things that won't bring you joy? If so, can I just ask you right where you're at right now, just to get up and come forward and pray? If you, if you just want to reconnect with the Lord, just come right now. Just get up, come pray. God, I, I want to walk in fellowship with you. I want to experience the joy of the Lord as my strength. I want to abide in you as you abide in me, that your joy may remain in me, that my joy may be full. Just come right now. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. We're going to pray, and then we're going to finish the, song, finish the service with a song of worship. As we sing in a moment, the altar is still open. You're welcome to come.